Hey there, are you a Christian woman ready to experience next level victory, joy, and abundance in your daily life? You're listening to Abundance 1010. I'm Mathisa. And I'm Limbai. And we are friends on a mission to begin living the life God has in mind for us through Christ. The Bible is filled with principles we can adopt and promises we can claim to live fully and victoriously. As your co-hosts, we invite you to take this journey with us as we uncover and apply principles from the Bible to help us live life fully here on earth. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Abundance 1010. Welcome, welcome. We are back for another powerful and packed episode. Mathisa, hey, how are you? Hello. I'm doing well. How are you? I am. I'm a little tired, to be honest. I'm a little tired, but I'm good. Tired, but good. Because I think at some stage, like tiredness just kind of becomes part of life. <laughs> and so yeah, the fatigue sure. is part of it. So you just kind of have to learn to power through, but I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I see now I, the reason why I can say I'm so good, I'm not full, really that tired this morning, but see yesterday morning, I took a, almost a two hour nap. That's not typical for me. So I had yeah. that power nap. I felt good. I was feeling a little bit under the weather. And then I slept, I had a full night's sleep last night. And so I woke up feeling like bright, like a daisy. So <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Sleep is important. You realize when you miss it, sometimes you're a little bit sleep deprived. And when you get a full night's sleep, you're like, yeah, that's the missing uh, element. <laughs> that was the missing yeah, element. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes it's just as simple as that. Sometimes you overcomplicate things and you feel like you need all these other things, but sometimes it's just as basic as getting enough rest. Yeah. yeah. At least for most yeah. nights, right? Because sometimes not every night is I- ideal. Sometimes you have work, you got things on the go. But at least for the most part, getting sufficient sleep is, I would say, is recommended. It's recommended. It's just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, um, yeah, so as you know, listeners, we have been talking about anxiety for the last few episodes, and we just want to do a quick check-in. Matisa, I just want to check in with you. How is your anxiety levels right now? Well, at this moment, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Stress levels are low. (laughs) Um, But I think, though, ever since our conversations, I can honestly say I'm becoming a lot more um, just aware, self-aware of how my body is feeling, how my body's responding to um, particular situations or maybe something has said, someone said something to me that I'm like, okay, I'm feeling the, the response in my body. But I'm becoming a lot more aware of how I'm feeling mentally and physically. So... Some of those uh, strategies that we covered in the last couple of episodes is really helping me. So right now I'm good, but I mind you, I mean, I'm human and he comes in and out. So Mm -hmm. I am just, uh, yeah, I take it day by day, of course. And I lean on God for when I really I'm not doing it well by myself. And what about you, Vimbai? How are your anxiety levels lately? So I will say that last week, my anxiety was terrible. 
Ooh. And remember, remember how I told you. Okay, so listeners, I brought you into how I sometimes deal with anxiety, and that is procrastination at times. Yes, you did mention. And, and so I did just that last week. I have, I had this project at work. And this one particular client, um, as I've mentioned before, I do copywriting. Um, and so one particular client had a task, a very technical task, and I'm deadline driven. So I work really well under pressure, but sometimes I don't give myself enough time. And I did that last week. I had this, this huge project and I waited a little bit too late in the game to start getting my head into it and figuring it out. And so now the deadline was approaching crunch time, crunch time. And I was beginning to experience some of those symptoms. I was beginning to just feel so unsettled, not sleeping. I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I'm going to have to pull an all-nighter and stuff just to meet this deadline. And so I need to revisit some of... um, Yes. I need to revisit some of my... Some of the things we're talking about because that's one of the ways that I self-sabotage. And and now... Yeah, yeah. And so recognizing that, I'm realizing that, okay, we need to go back to the drawing board with some of these things and make sure that I am, I'm, I'm planning well and not letting, you know, this idea of, okay, I, I know I work really well under pressure, but still that should not be the way I operate because, yeah. because I must admit, I do get a certain thrill from, <laughs> <laughs> from that pressure. And then really? I meet that deadline and then I knock it out of the park. And then the client tells me, Oh, wow, this is great. Yes. And I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like a superhero, you feel like but a that's superhero. not good, but that's not good. And so yeah. I'm really trying to, to change that. It's good that you're mindful. You're recognizing that that's not the most optimal way to function because mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to put yourself under that kind of undue pressure all the time. I know for me, um, I'm working on a project and I just I'm doing it little by little by little, because if I'm under too much pressure, I can't perform like I can't function. Mm-hmm. Like I will be like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like all nighters are not and then my you freeze. Thing. I freeze. I freeze. So I know I, I love to um work on a project little by little by little and I feel very accomplished when I'm like yeah I'm working on this book and I said wow you know it's really coming together and yeah I'm gonna meet the deadline absolutely I'm gonna Mm. actually be a few days early so that's that's how I operate I just cannot under operate under like that that pressure I will freeze I'll be a deer in headlights (laughs) yeah in headlights do you know it's interesting my mom first recognized that about me when I was younger so I went to boarding school and we would have holidays so we'd have three months uh, at school and then would come home and would be home for a month and so we would repeat that cycle throughout the year and my mom would always tell me in the morning when she would get up when I was on school holiday, she would get up and on, before she goes to work, she would tell me, okay, I need you to clean the cupboards. I need you to do A, B, C, D, and E. And the days when she gave me four or five things to do, I would get all those things done. But the, day she would, the days she would give me you know, one or two things, she would often come back home and I'm still working on that, that one, that first thing she gave me to do. And so she would always <laughs> know, she's like, I know you work well when I give you tons of things to do. That's yeah. when you get the things done. 
but if I just give you one thing, you're going to wait to the last minute to do it. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so when I'm tracing it back, I can trace it back to those years. So it's time to make a shift and, and operate in a, in a better way, you know, and just, alleviate some of that unnecessary stress and anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you touched on self-sabotage and we, we're, girl, we're going to have to delve into that in another episode fully because that yeah, is a big one, we, self-sabotage. We need like, a whole episode. We need on a that whole one. episode to talk about that one. But can yeah. I tell you something, Vimbai? Mm. I told you I'm well-rested and things like that, but I'm, I'm particularly excited today. You know why I'm oh, excited? Tell me. We have a special guest with us. We have a special guest. Okay, so this this is beyond exciting because we have but we have known our guest uh, for some time, and we're excited to have her on because she's doing some amazing things. And Mathisa is going to tell us more about who we have and what we're going to be talking about. Yes, so we have registered psychotherapist Samantha Campbell. And I'm, I am so excited because, you know, I've known Samantha, like Bimbai said, I've known Samantha for some years. And Samantha, when I was thinking about when I met you, I don't quite remember the date, but I know it's been a long time, definitely over 10 years, definitely over a decade. And so we have invited Samantha to talk about her new book, her second book, and her new book, which is called Tell Your Negative Thoughts, Not Now, Lessons from the Mind. And so, as you know, listeners, we've been talking about anxiety. And in this book, Samantha goes and she talks more about mental health. Um, Of course, she talks about anxiety. She talks about suicidal thoughts. But you know what I really love about this book? is that she talks about it from a perspective of a Christian. So she has really extracted many verses from the Bible and examples from the Bible that can help us in our walk to maintaining the most healthy mind that we can have. Because you know what? When our minds are not functioning properly, we cannot function well in life. So I'm just so excited to welcome you here, Samantha. So... I have to ask you, you know what our, our, the premise of our b- podcast is? And I have to ask you, what does living in abundance mean to you? Well, hi, everyone. It's good to be on here. I'm excited too. A little bit anxious, but excited to be on here. Um, living in abundance. Living in abundance means to me not lacking anything. Just being stress-free and not having any struggles, going through any struggles. That's what being in abundance means to me. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Not in lack and stress-free. Ooh, those are some points that really resonated with me, Samantha. So I have to move on. So I mentioned to the listeners that you're a registered psychotherapist. And could you share with us your journey to becoming a psychotherapist? And what made you choose this profession? Well, my journey started in volunteering. I, ever since I was younger, I was always volunteering, whether it be in the church or in the community. And it became to a point where I was volunteering with a group of girls in the middle school, high school um, category. Just, it was an arts program and I wanted to, the passion of wanting to do more for them. 
So it was just helping them with school issues and day-to-day social skills issues. But they were coming with issues that was just deeper than what I could handle at the time. And Mm. I wanted to do more. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I actually seek the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I I know before I I was a child and youth care worker just doing the same thing, but I wanted to do more. So I said, Lord, I'm, I want to do my master's, but I don't know in what. You have given me these set of girls to invest in, but they want more care. They want more, just more service to do with them. So I, he said, okay, why not go into counseling psychology? So now I'm like, okay, counseling psychology, I haven't heard about it. So I went into counseling psychology, so I prayed, and I'm like, Lord, if this is where you want me to be, you're going to give me some great marks. I, I I was like one-on-one with him, just being real with him, because I get anxious a lot <laughs> with like schoolwork and things like that. So for the first mm. couple of months, that was exactly what happened. He was just leading me. I mm. prayed to him for my assignments. I've been up um, nights just doing assignments doing and the fruit of my labor proved it all god helped me to just be it's like he wanted me to be there so it's yes. them from there just to be uh to eventually i became a registered psychotherapist that was the next <laughs> a next story in the terms of the stressors leading up to that even before finishing my master's program i had a mental meltdown Oh just really? Like one Ooh. month, one month before finishing, like I, oh. I had my last assignment to do one more, bef- one month before graduating, and I had a, like a, full on, mental breakdown, and wow. I oh, my. my graduation date had to like push, to October instead because I that whole mm. time I was sick, so wow. um the struggle was real in becoming a psychotherapist and. With a psychotherapist, kind of like a lawyer where you have to do another exam. I had okay. to take that exam about three times before I actually passed that exam. And that's because I was super anxious to the point that I just wasn't in the form. Yeah. Right, the exam. Mm. So the struggle has been real, but have been able to maintain and provide self-care for myself. Um, yeah. and uh, yeah. just being able to manage certain issues and be able to show up for my clients. And because of that and how I thanks thanks be to God, I am a registered psychotherapist. Yay, amen. amen. Yay. Amen. So that's amazing. I, um yeah, go ahead, Matthias. I have a I have a question though, because I have seen that you're talking about your journey. I'm just curious how long was it from the time that you took that first course to the time you were a registered psychotherapist? That's a good question. <laughs> I know the program in itself was two and a half years. Okay. Um, and the for the the last year, I did my internship, so that was like a whole year. And then after that, like in between, I think. So I graduated in twenty eighteen, and it was just this year yeah this year 2023 where i actually passed my exam work oh so this, oh it's oh, recent it's very wow. recent. It's a good thing right I because yeah, i've I... been doing a lot of breaks because of my mental health so because of that i'm just now finally 
having that courage, confidence, and the faith, expanding on like the faith to just, yeah. Oh, wow. So big congratulations to you, Samantha. Yeah, that's awesome that you're able to push past all of the challenges that you are facing. And it's it's interesting that those things were happening as you were getting towards the end of your program. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the stress was mounting and the anxiety and all of that was building. I, I have a question for you that's it may sound a little off topic, but I think we're going to come back around. You mentioned how you prayed and you were you, you asked God what to do and, and what to pursue. So I'm curious, has your faith walk, when did it strengthen? Is that something that you've kind of always, has always been a big part of your life? Or was it something that kind of uh, grew stronger as, as uh, you got older? I think prayer has always been a big part of my life. It just became more intentional and more meaningful when I got older, like and actually had experiences for myself where I can say I knew that that was God who showed up in my life. Mm. So I'm, I can definitely say prayer has been a part of my journey. It has helped shape who I am today. Okay. Yeah. So now coming back to your journey and how you kind of push past some of the the anxiety and stress you're experiencing towards the end there, can you tell us what that looked like in your day-to-day? Well, it was a rough time where I felt like I was alone and nobody really understand what was going on. Even the doctors couldn't understand what was going on. Um, I actually had one of the medical persons they were actually thought they thought i was faking it like because i presented some symptoms that nobody knew what it was so they thought i was faking it um it was hard to explain exactly what i was experiencing whether it be symptoms that look like seizures or not being able to talk or having my body fully shut down where I'm not able to move around persons have to help me to Mm. just navigate life like if I was like a toddler or a baby again just having to having so much thoughts in my head where it's like I'm unable to get those thoughts out and just having thoughts repeating in my, my mind not thoughts about suicide or anything but just thoughts about like worries and excessive worries and not being able to control those and I was able to overcome that by actually going to therapy um, Mm. doing self-care whether it be um, grounding exercise by doing my deep breaths I had to be intentional about having worship starting with Jesus in the morning and um, just expanding from there and eventually medication as well so I know that's a taboo for many, just whether or not you're a Christian, why should you do medication? But that's what I speak about in my book, just medication, God, and just that self-care as well. It works. Thank you so much, Samantha, for getting into the details of what that looked like for you. And I'm so glad that you were able to find your way through that with the help of prioritizing your prayer life and Mm -hmm. self-care and even medication as well uh, that you've uh, explained. So 
we're going to shift a little bit and talk about what you've been up to lately. In addition to the work that you're doing, you have also become an author twice over. Matisa? Yes. Like, so as I mentioned earlier, this is her second book and it's devotional, right? We can say it's a devotional and it's called, again, Tell Your Negative Thoughts, Not Now, Lessons from the Mind. So I wanted to just ask a couple of questions about your book. In your book, you state that focusing on that anxiety can stem from focusing more on the future than the present. So how can we shift this mindset and focus more on the present? What are some of the ways that we can do that? Well, for me, it's more like using grounding techniques in terms of telling yourself that doing some self-talk to say, I need to be present, be present, or bringing in other persons to help you to use tools to be present. So when I say grounding techniques, so for example, if you get anxious, you're 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 doing the five, four, three, two, one, five things that I can see outside, four things that I can hear, two things that I can feel, using your senses mm. really to 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 help you to to stay present. Could God give us our senses not just for us to feel here, whatever, it's for us to actually use it as a tool for us to go move for, further in life. So I would say mm. to just, yeah, being present in, in terms of just doing those things. Yeah, that's, that's I've never, well, I, thank you for sharing that because I actually have never heard that. And that's a great coping strategy because when you are, you know, your mind is so warped and, you know, just weighed down with what you're thinking about and what you're worrying about. And it's cycling, 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 bringing back to your senses and say, okay, you know what? Five things I see outside are this, four things I can hear are this and three things and so forth will kind of allow your mind to shift from that, that cycle. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, this is actually what I'm sensing and what I'm feeling right now. So thank you for sharing that. I yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try to use that one <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. It's absolutely because remember when we were talking about it Mathisa in our second episode when we were talking about anxiety and how oftentimes it's the fear of the unknown imagined. or what's to come. Yeah, but and the imagined. The imagined, the imagined and oftentimes those things don't come true. And so it's great that, you know, as, as Samantha is saying here, that if we just bring ourselves back to the present just and just take in what's happening right here, right now, and appreciate this moment, mm-hmm. I'm sure it can do wonders for us in just, just zapping us out of all of yeah. that fear. Because let me tell you, fear can really overtake you and make yeah. you paralyze you and cripple you mm-hmm. it paralyzes you and it's absolutely yeah energy. absolutely Certainly. um yeah so that is something i'm gonna use <laughs> <laughs> if i'm feeling anxious yes so, you know okay so that's a great strategy and there was something else i wanted you to elaborate on so you have an interest interesting exercise for the reader to do at the end of each chapter however i don't want to give it away because i want listeners to get the book. <laughs> I want them yeah. to get your book and see what these exercises are all about. But 
you do have an interesting strategy that someone can use when they are a constant worrier. And this was a strategy that you spoke about very early on in the book, book in chapter one. Can you elaborate on that? If someone's, you know, just a worry wart, what can they do to regulate that? Um, first, acknowledge it. Because sometimes you're worrying and you're like, you don't even know the difference between worrying or something else. So acknowledging that it, I am a warrior and it's taking control of me. So acknowledge it, accept it, and then realize, like, focus on what you can do to change a problem or issue. So I, it's a wor- I believe it's a worry, the worry box. The worry box is what I'm talking or about. The worry. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you, it's yep. like you get a little box or it could be a jar and yeah. then you, you just write down each worry. So mm-hmm. you're going to tell yourself, okay, if you're constantly worrying about this, say not now, as the book says, tell your negative thoughts, not now. So I'm going to write it down and I'm going to put it away in this jar. So yes. not to say, so you're storing your worries and it's, so you can start by saying, using times. So you can say, I'm going to worry about this later. So you say, I'm going to set aside probably 15 minutes to just write a, write down whatever worries that I have. So you use that 15 minutes. Say, for example, it's now 1040. So you're going to say, I have something in my mind that I'm really worrying about and it's just getting me anxious. So instead mm-hmm. of you worrying about it, you just write it down. And say, yeah. I'm going to worry about that later. And chances are you're going to forget that you said you're going to worry about it later. <laughs> you, you, yeah. write it down, you put it in a jar and said, I'm going to worry about this in 15 minutes time. Right. So it, it the, the, the goal is for you to reduce the time. So you worried about it for 15 minutes later on, not now. And then eventually it becomes to 10 minutes, then five minutes to the point where you're not worrying at all. But it good, it's good to just, sometimes people burn at the end, you burn it to say that Ooh. I'm like, I'm over this. I'm not wanting to take the, what I had. So it happened and it's not still happening. So that's the whole idea of it. It happened and it's not still happening. So when you write it down, you get that thought that it doesn't have to happen anymore. It, it can pass over. So you put it in the jar and you forget about it. That's pretty much it. I go more in detail, but that's amazing because I see that action also as putting it and I'm writing it down and I'm going to give this over to God as well. Right. Yeah. Like I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm getting rid of this cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. So mm-hmm. I'm writing all my cares down and I'm going to put it away because I don't know. I can't handle it right now. I don't want to handle it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm telling my thoughts, not now. So I'm going to just put it aside and yeah, let God yeah. handle it. Let God handle it. You know what? And I think one of the things that's also very liberating is the idea that you're telling us, Samantha, here that we can take charge of our thoughts. Yes. Because I'm going to tell you, for the longest time, I thought I was just a victim to my thoughts. My mind does what it, it does, and I'm just sitting here, and all these things come and go into my mind as they please. Mm-hmm. But what I have learned is that, no, I'm in charge of the ship. 
Yes. And so I get to choose which thoughts I'm going to entertain and which ones I'm going to cast away because they have no place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I love that idea. That's an excellent, excellent tool for our listeners and for us as well to begin to to use and adopt into our lives. And, And even when it comes to making decisions, because sometimes what causes anxiety is we need to make decisions and sometimes we're thinking about decisions we need to make in the future. And yet we don't need to make those decisions now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't need why, to make them now. Them? Why are we thinking yeah, about so them now? Why are you thinking about something that you're going to decide, you know, later on? That's, so that's, that's not perfect. How mind works. <laughs> but I know. We yeah. wire our mind by just, you know, refocusing and reframing it. So I like that. Yeah. Taking control of our mind. Yes, that's mm-hmm. and that is that for me. I, what I think that's an ongoing process. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not a one and done, because you may have a season where things are like you feel like you have a handle on things and things are smooth, but then then you like bump up against a situation or something that has come into your life or into your awareness that's going to throw you off again. So this is this really illustrates the fact that. Even with our walk with God, we can't let go of his hand because mm-hmm. it's ongoing. Like things are going to be coming at us at different times. Some things yeah. we may have actually, you know, triggered on our own and other things we had no idea it was going to happen to us. It's unpredictable. So this ongoing process of using these strategies in addition to prayer is something that we all have to do. This is like yeah. our life work. Yeah, it's definitely ongoing. You know, you talked about something, Samantha, as you were sharing your story. You talked about making a decision at one point to take medication. Now, and you also mentioned how that can be somewhat controversial in the Christian circles. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us about how you help your patients, how you walk them through that process of or um, entertain the idea of seeking out medication to help them with their mental health? Well, it's all about how you feel, right? You have to listen to your body and how it, how it makes you feel. Just like how you will take medication for like a, a bee bite or if, you're, you're, if you broke your foot or something, just for, you'll take medication for any of those because it will make you feel better, not only make you feel better, it's gonna heal whatever that's going that you're going through. So I use I normally use um, references like those to say that it's the same. If you can focus on your physical health, why not focus on your mental health as well? Because it's a holistic approach, right? It's not just a one. Your our body, as the Bible says, we are all all the members of it <laughs> are connected, right? So why? rob yourself from feeling healthy if you can take medication and medication is not really something that's supposed to be a lifelong routine it's supposed to be to help you to get to a certain point in your life where you can manage so Mm -hmm. that's really what how i explain it so if you want your body and your mind to feel better you will invest in yourself to be a better you by just and I always tell them to educate themselves 
um, provide, I provide them with psychoeducation in terms of what does medication do? And if you yourself can do med medication management, like for example, if you go to the doctor and they prescribe certain medication and it's making you feel a certain way, you can do medication management and say, this is not for me. And that is where mm. medication, psychotherapy, and the, the reliance of God comes in. So all three working all three. together. So it's yeah. not one thing working together by itself, but it's mm -hmm. a holistic approach to say that, hey, I know I can't rely just on this, but I have to rely on different things as well in order to make me whole, to make the healing process more effective. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's an excellent point because I know that I've had cases where I, when I'm feeling stressed, it's affecting other parts of my body, mm -hmm. especially like mm -hmm. you know, the mind and then the, the di digestive system is connected. So I will feel stress and then I'm, and another part of my body is starting to feel off. And it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's amazing how that works. But mm -hmm. it's also, you know, when you're talking about, because you mentioned, you know, taking medication and, you know, how that may be perceived within the Christian community, how much we have to really be an advocate for ourselves mm -hmm. and not think about what others think. This is a big Absolutely. Thing. A yeah. Big thing it's even, huge. Even going in and, and even in doing therapy, for some people, that's a really big step. Mm -hmm. But you have to take care of you first, right? And it's not just self-care. You have to take care. You have to make sure that you are right and you are getting the strategies and the tools that you need to go through life. And especially if you've had a really stressful time that you need to perhaps seek some professional help with mm -hmm. it's important and knowing that you have a, you're an advocate for yourself and you need to think of your own mental health is key i think yeah yeah so when you advocate for yourself then you're teaching persons to advocate for others as well and themselves so it's right. like a ripple effect where you're providing education and awareness and then people it won't be a taboo anymore because people are, are are realizing because the lack of people perish for the lack of knowledge. So that is why it's so easy for persons to say, oh, this and that, because they don't really know the true things that people are really going through. It's not just a physical where you can see. It can also be symptoms can present itself where it's you can't see it as well. So it's good to educate yourself. Yeah, sure. You know, it's interesting because I think that there are three things, like three barriers I think that we have to face when it comes to advocating for ourselves and just making decisions about our mental health. And one of those is the fact that, you know, Christians, just being a Christian, sometimes that's, you know, it's taboo, like we just talked about seeking therapy or medication to help. And then also within the Black community, you know, that's also another thing. And then as women, society thinks that women, we've got to have it all together. We are the backbone of our communities. We need to hold everything together and we cannot break or bend. And so coming to a place where we have to be honest with how we're doing and actually say, you know, I need help. It takes a lot of strength to do that. It does. And I want to encourage any of our listeners out there who are at that point where 
they're feeling like they need help to be able mm -hmm. to make it through the days because we all know when you are under stress and anxiety, just living the day-to-day -day tasks that were once very easy and simple to do can become so difficult. And there's no need to suffer. Just because mm -hmm. there's stigma that's still there, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we're working hard to break those barriers. And that means doing what you need to do to make sure that you are attending to your mental health and getting the help you need. That is so true, Vimbai. You, you just cannot be your best self. <laughs> you cannot be your best self and you cannot really truly exhibit the fruits of the spirit if you are being weighed down with your, your mental health or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, and I think now so more than ever, I think uh, people are still reeling from the effects of the, from the effects rather of COVID and this post COVID era. I think a lot of uh, people are still trying to figure out what life looks like for them now because things are different. I think another question that I have for you, Samantha, is what are some tips? Now, you've shared a lot of great uh, wisdom and advice uh, during this segment. And I'm wondering if there are any other tips that come to mind that women can use to kind of help them handle their anxiety and their stress a little bit better. As I said before, awareness is the key and acknowledging. So for me, I had to okay, acknowledge that it is what it is and it happened. It's not still happening in order for me to get to that point. I had to learn for myself, educate myself. Because for me, as you said, you had social anxiety. I have generalized anxiety disorder. So it's mm. like I had to accept that and know what that mm. is all about and why and all of that. So in terms of tips, it's just educating yourself and being aware of, as Masisa was saying, not allowing persons to label you or not allowing yourself mm -hmm. to accept the negative thoughts that others assign to you because yeah. it's not true, right? Because God said that we were born with a sound mind, which means that none of this was supposed to happen, right? right. Yeah. So it's it comes along the way of life where stresses just build up it on itself. Sometimes it's genetic, but sometimes it's just you pick up stresses on it on on the along the way. So tips in terms of just being aware, check in, do check in with yourself, being observant of yourself, saying, I noticed that this certain things have changed. So being observant of your body, of your mind and everything. So persons cannot be observant for you. You have to know yourself because persons can, relationships can move along, but you're the one who have yourself you're with yourself majority 24 hours. Yeah, ago. yeah. So it, it's good to observe yourself and what has changes that occur and find accountability partners, persons that check in with you. Because sometimes you're not going to want to check in on yourself or check in on friends or whatever, but have that person or persons who can check in um, on you to ensure that you're not going through life 
on your own. Uh, another tip is like, I like to give persons this acronym HALT. It's H-A-L-T. It's like, I don't know if you guys heard it before, but the H is, um, are you hungry? A is angry. L is lonely. Loneliness can be so much, it's a big topic. You can have persons around you, but you're still lonely. Or, or it could be the opposite where you don't have anybody and you're still, and you're lonely. Um, and then the T, tired. So hungry, angry, lonely, tired. A lot of people mm. are walking around mm. and they're exhibiting these symptoms of hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And they stem a little bit deeper and they're not knowing. So you find that they come out and wake up every day or they go through certain activities not knowing that they're affected by these four points or it could be just one and it triggers off so knowing your triggers knowing your triggers as well so that's Ooh, that is I, I, girl, you're, wonderful. You're dropping, halt halt you're dropping some gems this episode because she, that is something she's else dropping gems i have not ever heard of that one halt and no I've, me neither i've taken note of that one but yeah absolutely there's something else you wanted i wanted to just touch on is because you know, you have your people, your accountability, people who will check in with you, but mm-hmm. also, you know, taking heed to when you have people coming to you and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned, you know, you seem to be a little bit more withdrawn lately, or perhaps, you know, you never want to come out anymore. Is there something wrong? And really taking heed to that concern, because that could also be um, a sign that something perhaps is not going right with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your close circle knows you well. So they often can pinpoint some things that that maybe you may not have noticed or maybe you've noticed, but you just haven't put taken the time to stop and really address it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes somebody close can you like, hey, I've noticed this and I've picked up on this and that draws that to your attention. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. This has been really good. My goodness. Thank you so much, Samantha. That is, I, I, I've written down the acronym HALT because HALT. I'm like, and it's, hungry, it's it's interesting, hungry is the first one on there because sometimes <laughs> some of our issues can just be resolved by eating some food. Just eat. Yes. And sometimes <laughs> people go through the whole day without no food. And then that's when you get stress pains, right? And then you're like, I wonder why my head is hurting me. Or I wonder why I'm so, like, groggy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that is not, Vimbai knows that is not me. That is, (laughs) listen, Mathisa, no, Mathisa, no, she she eats on time. She remembers her food. Yes, I do. Yep. Yeah, yep. exactly that. And I remember you saying that uh, early on in our friendship too, I don't do well when I'm hungry. No, I don't. Yeah, so that's great self-awareness. Because I think for the most part, I'm pretty pleasant and cheery for the most part. But when Except you're not when you're hungry. Exactly. And tired. So yeah, don't mm. really talk to me about major big things when I'm <laughs> hungry and tired. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm gonna say I'm doing a fast and I'm fasting from food, I'm serious. I'm being I'm being serious. So <laughs> I'm, wondering I'm, whether I need, I'm wondering whether I need to stay away from you from that time. You said the beginning oh, no. of next month, eh? No, no. I think well, I need to keep is, my no, distance. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna be that bad. So yeah. <laughs> 
Oh boy, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Samantha, for jo for joining us on You're our welcome. episode today on anxiety and ways that we can take charge of our mental health through our thoughts, harnessing our thoughts. Very, very important. Now, can you tell us where can people find you and how can yes. we get a hold of your book? Yes. Um, well, my book is on Amazon. Just type in, tell your negative thoughts, not now, lessons from the mind. You can go to my website at www.samanthacampbell.org. And you can also find it. I've been, you can follow me on Instagram at Sam, S-A-M underscore C-M-C-S. And you can see my link as well to my the book. And I think that's it. I have a Facebook um, business page at um, Creating Meaningful Counseling Services. Um, so that's where you guys can follow me and get a copy of the book. Well, we'll be sure. We'll be sure to thank you so much for that. We'll be sure to link to your book in the show notes, right, Vimbai? Absolutely. And just one more thing, Samantha, for people who are interested in in seeing you as their therapist, where where do you provide your services? Are they in person? Are they online? Currently, it's online because of the COVID. I know we're post COVID now, but. I just find it better. It's easier to reach persons local and international. So uh, it's online now. So it's even better in the comfort of your own home. Of your own home. <laughs> um, so we're still sure. maintaining confidentiality, of course. Of course, of course. Um, but yes. yeah. So Amazing. Yeah. All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. We've had a wonderful time. And even more than that, it's been a time of learning and a time of allowing us to really tap into some of those tools that you're using to help your patients and that our listeners can use, that we as the co-hosts of this show can use as well. It's just good knowledge all the way around. So thank you once again for joining us, Samantha. And to everyone listening, thank you for joining the show. We look forward to coming back to you with even more. We'll be back. Take care for Take now. Care. See you next time.